All right, for this Lenten uh, season, on these Wednesdays, we're going to be looking at the seven feasts of the Jews. Do you know all these seven feasts? Have you thought a whole lot about them? Actually, as Gentile Christians, we hardly know anything about them. We know about the Passover. I'm sure you've heard quite a bit about that one. Maybe something about Yom Kippur. But what on earth is going on with the first fruits and tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets and Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks and, and the Feast of uh, Unleavened Bread and all these things? What was God doing when he set up these feasts for the Jews? First of all, let's just consider how many feasts are there. Seven feasts. That is a number of fulfillment. That is God's number. So these feasts are very important. And God only gave them seven, which are holy convocations, where all the people came together to celebrate these particular feasts in the Old Testament. Now, what do you think they were doing? Do you think God just wanted the people to have a time to get together and have a vacation? Like, I went over there to the cruise ship, Dick. Take a little week off. Enjoy yourselves. Well, certainly the feasts were times of great joy, uh, also solemn times. There were times of refreshing. Usually you didn't do any work. And so there were time to rest and enjoy, focus on the Lord. But these feasts were not about just simply having a vacation or resting or even just enjoying the Lord, as great as that is. But what are these really about? Well, Leading up to it, these feasts are all centered around harvest. So the agricultural society of the Jews, that's all about the bringing in of the crops. By way of introduction again, these feasts, there are seven of them. There's Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Pentecost. The first four... Um, all take place in the spring between uh, April and May. These are the early parts of the year's uh, planting and fruits. Then you have, let's, I put this as a green brick in between these things, that's summertime. There's a long period between the first four feasts and the last three. These took place, the Trumpets, Atonement, and Tabernacles, in uh, September and October. They were at the end of the year when all the harvest comes in and there's great joy and wonderful things going on for the bringing in of the harvest. So do you think God just wants to set up an agricultural society and say, here's some ways to give me thanks? Well, certainly that was a great blessing to that society Raising the crops. But what is God really about, Sonia? You know. What are all these feasts about? And what's the answer to every question I ever ask you? It's Jesus. These feasts are really to point us to Jesus Christ. They're all about Him. And here's something really amazing, which I learned in studying these feasts, which I didn't know a whole lot until I studied these things. This is a, I hope you enjoy this secret and this mystery that these feasts all laid out very carefully by God in the calendar. They had to be done at their appointed times precisely on time 
going through this uh, flow of schedule, they're ultimately showing us the whole history of God's redemptive plan for mankind for all time in perfect order. Let me say that again. They're not just feasts for the year's harvest. This is God's harvest of the entire earth of all mankind, his redemptive plan for all of us to save the world laid out for us in the seven feasts of the Jews. And we're going to see that so amazingly that we've actually come as Christians, if you will, already through Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. We are now in this age, the green part of the summer, namely the growing of all the crops around the whole world. God's planted his salvation. It's spreading to the whole earth. It's coming up. Remember the wheat and the tares? Everything's growing and growing and growing. And we're still awaiting, if you will, the last three feasts, which are going to come boom, boom, boom. The last trumpet, the final day, and God tabernacling with his people. Isn't that amazing? So God's putting the history of the world and his redemptive plan to save us in these feasts. And as we look into them, boy, it just, God's aim is to build our faith. So that even we Gentiles, as we study these things, see our Savior and how God so carefully calendared or uh, fixed the times of how he was going to bring the fruit of salvation to all the earth. So let's take a look today at the first one here, which is which is Passover. Let's read there in Leviticus uh, 23. This is when God gave all these feasts to Moses on Mount Sinai. The Lord said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, then jump down to verse 4, these are the appointed feasts of the Lord, the holy convocations, or getting together, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. So what does that mean? At the time appointed? Calendar, dates, precision of time, very important for these things. On time, right. He says, in the first month, that's going to be Nisan for the Jews, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, in the evening, is the Lord's Passover. And then he goes on, on the 15th day of the month, of the same month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then you have first fruits on Nisan, it's 17, and then you have Pentecost 50 days later. Boom, 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 boom. Timed. Calendar. Precise. God working his plan. So let's talk about Passover tonight. The first one. We'll do each of the feasts as we go through Lent here. What's Passover about? Right, right. So the blood on the doors. Very good. Passover. The, the angel, avenging angels. So this is when the Jews were in Egypt under cruel Pharaoh, and they were slaves. And we read there in Exodus 12, uh, God has come to bring great works of miracles to show Pharaoh up, you know, of his power. And, um, but Pharaoh hasn't let them go yet. Then there's a last plague, that's the Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, notice again the calendar, very precise, 
They shall take every man a, a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Jumping down to five. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. Uh, you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month. Notice the calendar again. And uh, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs in the evening, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of their houses in which they eat them. Verse 11, in this manner you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. Pascha in Hebrew. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And in all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague shall fall upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. What happens? Well, at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn of Egypt, the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat upon the throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, etc. And Pharaoh rose up and all the servants, and there was a great cry in Egypt. And they, he called forth Moses and said, basically, get out of here, take your flocks. And your herds, as you've said, be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians, they were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we are all dead men. And thus they despoiled the Egyptians and God led them out to freedom. This is the Passover of the Jews. So that was something for them to remember. When I was in uh, Wisconsin and I went to a Jewish synagogue, uh, the pastor, the rabbi there wanted to share about Judaism with whoever wanted to hear, so I went and listened. He said, the Passover for the Jews is the number one thing in their whole history. It's the supreme tantamount, primo number one thing. It's saving God, saving them out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And God gave them a meal to remember that year after year. You shall have the Passover meal. And that's what our Lord celebrated on, on the night of his betrayal, the Passover meal. Now, was that just about the Jews and being slaved, saved out of slavery in Egypt? That was part of it, for sure. But what was God ultimately doing? What do we say? The history of his soul, salvation for mankind. The very first thing God's going to do, the foundation brick, if you will, for everything God's going to do to save us on this earth, to bring us to eternal life, is the Passover. And that Passover is all about Jesus. The Passover. Let's take a look here, and you know how much I love to have my stick so I can teach you. Right, so... Look at the Passover, the slavery in Egypt. These people were in bondage, in chains. They were under hard service under their taskmasters. How about us, though? Were we in slavery according to God's ultimate plan of salvation? Yeah, well, were we in slavery too? Sin. Jesus says in John chapter 8 to the Jews, they thought, we've never been in bondage. Jesus says, everyone who commits sin is a slave, say slave, to sin. The slave does not continue in the house, God's house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. 
So the first thing we see here is as the Passover, God's salvation for us, we too. This is all about us. We were in slavery. Slavery to sin. Slavery to death. Slavery to an evil tyrant, the devil. Because they had a pharaoh over them, didn't they? Did we have a pharaoh over us, an evil tyrant? What's his name? Satan. Because Jesus says, the God, the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over, him, over me, but I go as it has been commanded me by the Father. Notice, the devil came and said to Jesus in the wilderness, he says, Oh, see all the kingdoms of the world. All these I'll give you if you'll fall down and worship me, for they've been given to me, and I give them to whom I will. So he's the ruler. He, has perm he had permission by God over all the world on account of sin to be ruler of this world. He's called the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience, according to Ephesians 2. So we were all at one time under an evil pharaoh. We were in slavery in Egypt of this world. And it's all about Christ. We were in it a long time. How long were they in Egypt for? 400 years. How long were we in sin? Isaiah 65 says, Behold, you were angry, and we sinned. In our sins we've been a long time, and shall we be saved? We were in sin a lot longer than they were in Egypt. They were in for 400 years. We were in for thousands of years, the whole of mankind. And it was a cruel bondage. It's no fun living under sin. It seems like it at the time, but it's not. Because it ends in death, destruction, brokenness, decay, bondage to decay, corruption, and every evil. It's a hard service, just like they had a hard service. But what happened here in Passover? God came down. You have good eyesight. I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I've come down to deliver them and to bring them up to a good land flowing with milk and honey. God had compassion on his people in their plight. Did God have compassion on us in our slavery under the evil tyrant? Sure did. What did Jesus say in uh, John chapter 6? I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he's given me, but raise it up the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I'll raise him up at the last day. So they had a deliverer come down. Amen? Amen. Do you have a deliverer come down for you? Yep. Amen? You, you Jews, you slaves, you've had a Savior and a deliverer like Moses, a greater one, Jesus. God saw mercy. And Moses came with very powerful acts. All those Plagues leading up to the Passover, Pharaoh was, couldn't follow these things. They were a torment to him. And Jesus, did he have great and mighty works there, uh, art, on his way up through his life? He healed all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He came with power, anointed by the Holy Spirit. He had super powerful works, but art, did all those powerful works of Christ throughout his life save our souls? I mean... I mean, they were setting people free from devils. They were healing people. They were preaching the truth. But were we set free from our sins yet? No, not yet. Only the last act saves free, sets free. In other words, 
Uh, all those things were done by Moses, but none of those did Pharaoh let the people go. But God said, for the Passover, on this last one, he will let you go. And he will not only let you go, he will drive you out. And that's when we get the Passover. What is it with Jesus Christ? He did all those great works, but when did he save us, Dick? On the last one, when he died for our sins. At the Passover, what saved the people from the great uh, smiting of God in the land of Egypt? Ginny. A lamb, right? So there had to be a lamb provided. Let's read about that lamb again. That's in Exodus 12. You shall take, uh, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. So in other words, a male without sin in the prime of his life. Now, looking at my, me, you might think the prime of your life was 49 years old. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, it's not really true. I think I'm past my prime. Anyway, but with Jesus, it's about 30-some years old. That's prime for God. A male, a year old. And what did we hear John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus, Joanne? Behold the Lamb, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So look at that. The Passover Lamb had to come and save the people and God has provided for us a Passover lamb in the history of his redemptive works for mankind. But it wasn't just the lamb. What did he need? Uh, Shirley, what did he need here? The lamb had to shed his blood because we read there in Exodus, once again, on the 14th day, you shall, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs in the evening, then they shall take some of the blood, say blood, blood, and put it on the doorpost and the lintel of the houses. And then, you know, when I pass through the land, I will see the blood, God says, when I come to smite the land, and I'll pass over you. You'll be saved by the blood. What do we read about Jesus? You are ransomed, says Peter, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. When you have the, the uh, houses back then, what's the doorposts and the lintels? Lintels, I suppose, are right here. That's where the blood was. Take the blood there. Post and lintel and the doorposts. There you go. Look at that. There's a special place to put the blood. What does that look like to you? The triune God, yep, you have that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you have the shape right there across. You can see Jesus hanging right there on the cross. That's where the blood came from his brow, from his hands. You could also say from feet. But the wonderful word is, when I see the blood upon you, upon you, upon you, who have believed on my son, Jesus Christ, when I come to judge the world, I will pass over you plague shall not enter you. You shall be saved through the blood of the Lamb. How are we to eat this feast? This feast? Quickly. Behold, today is the day of salvation. You know, not tomorrow. If you hear the message preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't wait till tomorrow. Like some people. They're like, oh, I'll believe any time I want to. No. You don't know about tomorrow. Today is the day to repent and believe. Eat it in haste. And God, when you believe in Christ, brings you out to freedom. freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. 
Stand fast, therefore, and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery, says Paul. If the Son makes you free, John 8, Jesus says, if the son, listen again, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Are you guys free tonight? You know, when we study these feasts, this is amazing. God is showing how he's saving you. This is not just for Jews. This is ultimately about you, God saving you through Jesus, the blood of the Lamb who died for you, that you might be brought into freedom from sin, from death, from the evil tyrant, out and be a joyous people with your God. Are you guys that tonight? Have you believed on him? Then you are, and you should enjoy that freedom. Now let's look at one more thing here. Where'd my, where'd my stick go? There it is. I love this stick. It's a power, right? What is this thing? It's a clock. How do we know all this stuff that I'm sharing with you tonight is really true? Well, we've had the scriptures. Certainly are pointing to that very clearly. But let's consider the timing of these things before we close this out. When do you choose your lamb? Remember, this is all very close according to calendar. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of the month, they shall take every man a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. That's the month of Nisan, the first month, on the tenth day of the month, four days before the Passover. When did Jesus enter into Jerusalem? All the congregation of Israel is choosing the lambs. Lamb selection day. We're going to choose our lambs to be sacrificed for us. And while all that choosing of the lambs for Israel is going on, who's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey? Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation is he. The Lamb of God is entering in on the lamb selection day. Four days later, we have the Passover. Where will you have us prepare the Passover? That's Nisan 14. Because on the 14th day of the month, the congregation of Israel shall, take, shall kill their lambs in the evening and put the blood out there, right? Nisan 14. Okay, say that. Nisan. It's not a car. It's not an Altima. Nisan Altima. No. It's Jewish. Nisan 14. That's the day that you kill the lamb. Jesus had his Passover meal in the evening on Nisan 14. He's betrayed in the evening and before, because the Jewish day is from evening to evening, on Nisan 14, later that day, hours later, who's hanging on a cross? Jesus Christ. On what day? Nisan 14. Does that blow your mind or what? If you want to know whether all this is really pointing to Jesus and to you, know that the timing is exact. He comes in on Lamb Selection Day. He dies for us on Nisan 14, the day the Passover lamb was to be slain. This is pointing us, friends, to Jesus Christ. God's plan is already underway. Now, what did I say? This is the foundation, right? of all God's going to do for us. And all these other feasts we're going to look at in the future weeks. Next week we'll look at unleavened bread, then first fruits, etc. But everything is based on this one. If Passover doesn't happen, none of the other feasts or God's redemptive plan means anything. 
But this is the one that's the foundation because when the lamb has shed his blood, he's died, he's saved you, you are free, you're saved. And then we're going to see what God's going to do after that, which is absolutely fabulous and amazing. So, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Christ, our Paschal or Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. That's Jesus. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. And let's do that, not with in, uh, insincerity, but sincerity and truth. So let's conclude with this. Are you guys free? Yes. Are you slaves of sin anymore? No. Say no. I want to hear it like you mean it. No. no. Are you slaves of Pharaoh anymore? No. no. Are you under cruel bondage anymore? No. Are you free? Yes. yes. In Jesus Christ. Rejoice. This is the truth, friends. And you're going to see the fruition of it. And it's coming. God comes and brings all this salvation to us. We're already experiencing it. So live in the freedom of Christ this very night. Amen. Amen.